0: King, I am the host, and I am always just excited to spend a Sunday morning with you here on 94.1 on your radio dial. I say this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. The church, God's glorious church. We celebrate today, as we do every Sunday, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to Celebrate the reality that He is alive and uh, He is on the right hand of the Father, making peace for us. In other words, to say, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness as He stands before the Father, pleading our case. That's what it means to be a Christian. And... I have a few rules. I don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that's what we'll do today. Show number 1113. That's a lot of talking over a lot of years, but I've had an awful lot of fun doing it. Now, let me remind you that you are a person who is involved in Christian ministry. That could be a pastor, you could be a missionary, you could be a youth worker. Somebody who works in the prisons, somebody who works with children's ministry, women's ministries, men's ministry, <laughs> I've had them all on the show. But it's time that I have you sitting behind this other microphone here talking about your passion for the things of God. What's God called you to do? What is the thing that's heavy on your heart that God has placed that there in your Way of serving him. You need to be talking about it, and we'll do it right here. So give me a call. Area code 8505671703. Give me a call. We'll set up a time. We pre record the shows, and we'll get it ready to play air on Sunday mornings. Now, listen to this because this is going to set the theme for today's show. It's called The Midnight Cry. Gold City. When Jesus comes again. Now, it's uh, been a few years uh, since that show was, or that uh, song was recorded. I'm thinking it's somewhere back in the, the 70s, I think. And uh, and uh, the singers are singing about, uh, he says, well... It's closer now than it's ever been, and uh, it's been several years ago. And the truth of the matter is that in many, many segments of the Christian church, they don't even believe this anymore. They just don't even believe it. They don't believe what the Bible talks about when it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ coming back. As a matter of fact, if you even go back to the... Book of uh, Second Peter, you'll find that there were even questions back then concerning this. And uh, this is saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. But, he says in verse number nine, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Now, I I know it hasn't been that long since I did a show about this very same thing. And uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that most of the time I have gassed on the show, and when I have gassed, then... That's what we do, we we talk about the passion of that person that I'm interviewing because that's only right. But on these days when uh, there's not a guest in the studio, then I get to talk about what's on my heart. And uh, the truth of the matter is, it's just like they were singing about in that song, It says, the signs of the times. The signs of the times just keep pointing to what the Bible talks about about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and his establishment of his eternal kingdom well you see in my mind <laughs> I go back I go back to the 70s and uh, it seems to me like in in those days um, there were a lot of talk about the coming of the Lord that was that was very much on people's minds, especially in the church that I attended at that time in Pensacola, at the Open Bible Church, first church of the Open Bible there on Pace Boulevard. <laughs> and it was a uh, well, it was a wonderful church and I enjoyed it very, very much. And our pastor, Pastor Gene Atkins, who's gone on to be with the Lord now. Oh, I'm telling you what he'd preach, and man he had us sitting on ready. <laughs> We were, we were ready. We just knew God was coming any day. But He would talk about a book that had come out during those days. The name of the book was called Future Shock, and uh, in that book, it talked about things that were happening at that time. We're talking about in the seventies, the nineteen seventies, and uh, the book talked about how that they had had developed the ability to take a brain out of a baboon and hook it up to machines and keep that brain alive for not, not long, but long enough to prove their theory. Well, my goodness, <laughs> time has passed, and technology, to me, uh, is a little frightening. That's right, I said it, I'm just being honest with you. I find that technology is somewhat frightening in the uh, reality of what I read in the Revelation. And this is one of the reasons why I was uh, very reluctant to move into the computer age. And the thing is, the thing that changed my mind was that I watched uh, one of the movies, and, uh, for those of you who are of my generation, you remember these. Uh, there were some movies that came out. Uh, Thief in the Night was one of them. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember what the name of the second, second was. You know, there was a, there was a sequel to that. And, uh, we always, um, <laughs> actually the movie was made in Des Moines, Iowa. And, uh, in the movie, it has a, uh, Picture of the sign out in front of the first church of the Open Bible of Des Moines, Iowa, which is one of our sister churches uh, of the Open Bible Churches. That's the church of our pastor here in Tallahassee. Now we refer to it as Freedom Road, uh, a DBA doing business as Freedom Road, but we're still technically legally First Church of the Open Bible, and we kind of got a kick out of that. But in the in the movie, it talked about how that. Because the people who were really uh, refusing to be a part of the system of anti- uh, Antichrist uh, was able to maneuver through this system by because they knew computers themselves, and so that kind of changed my mind and my thinking. And and what's interesting about it is that Brother Atkins, my pastor, the one I was talking about, who uh, had this. Theory that I'm going to tell you about in just a minute. He was very uh, much into computers, and so i eventually changed my mind. But I still I'm I'm not very good at it, and they drive me crazy. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that we're just, we're being thrust into it, whether you like it or not. And I, I sometimes when I'm I'm out and about, and uh, maybe at a bank or something like that, and I hear somebody else of my generation go, "Oh, brother." Uh, we're just so far behind. And, of course, the young people, boom, 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 boom. They they know their way around. (laughs) And that's good because uh, most of us of my age, we go, well, let's just call the kids <laughs> and now uh, the grandkids. Just call, call one of them. Uh, come help me, and uh, that's what I do. I have to call my daughter, or my son, or somebody. to Say, hey, uh, fortunately, uh, all of my daughters and my son is very, they're they're very much able to maneuver around the, the systems, and, and I call them to come help me. But uh, anyway, the point is, is that I believe. And again, I'm going back to Pastor Atkins. He believed that uh, the Antichrist system was an economic system. And it's all about the ability to be able to survive during the tribulation. During the tribulation time, when it talks about that you won't be able to buy or sell or, or to participate in the economic system, which means you won't be able to buy food Unless you are a part of the system and the system requires that you take the mark, the indicator that you are a part of the system, it's referred to in the Revelation as the mark of the beast, and you will have that imprinted either on your forearm or on your forehead, and it will indicate that you have become a part of the system. This is the thing that the, uh, the book of Revelation tells us we need to avoid. We need to avoid. Now... Let's go back to the the song, the midnight cry. In the song, they're talking about when Jesus steps out of the clouds, and this is what the book of Revelation talks about, that there will come a time when Jesus will step out of the clouds, and he'll tell the angel Gabriel, blow the horn, and this is what the Apostle Paul refers to in, in the book of Second uh, Thessalonians when he says, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with him in the clouds. In other words, we're literally going to uh, leave this earth and ascend into heaven. Well, this is the part where some people, they just can't buy it. They just cannot buy it. And they, they think it's silly. They think it worse silly. And that anybody who believes this is just silly. Because they say that it just can't happen. But the thing is, is that if you don't believe in resurrection power, then you don't believe in Jesus Christ. In other words, if you don't believe that that, that a human can descend from this earth and ascend into heaven, then you don't believe in Jesus, which means you're not really a Christian. Because The word Christian itself means Christ-like, that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and you have said that he is your Lord and your Savior, and that you believe that Jesus Christ became flesh and dwelt among us, in other words, that he came from heaven, and that he lived on this earth, and that he died on a cross, And that he ascended into heaven. Well, you say, well, okay. You remember during the days of Jesus, there were those who were called the Sadducees. They didn't believe in the resurrection either. But the Bible itself has pattern established beginning with a man by the name of Enoch. And... uh, most people that you talk to, who say, "I don't, I don't believe in this, this, this rapture business, this thing about Jesus Christ coming back and uh, calling the church home," I don't believe in all of that because I don't believe in the ability to uh, to be resurrected or to be uh, taken up. But if you talk to them about Enoch, they say, "Oh yeah, we believe that happened." <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Well, the truth of the matter is, if if it's possible for Enoch to leave this earth and be ascended into heaven. Well, then that's your pattern. And then you you find Elijah. And uh, so you find the reality. And then I've, I spoke to you about this before, Matthew 25, on the day of the death of Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, when he died, Matthew records in the Gospel of Matthew that there were people who came out of the grave that day and were walking around. And uh, so that gives you the established pattern of resurrection power, and that resurrection power is a reality. And so when the scripture speaks of this, then we know that it's possible because the Bible tells us it's possible. And that we take that, that Jesus Christ He rose from the dead, and he's going to return. That's what Scripture teaches us. But there's more to this, and uh, I want to get into this thing about the beast. And we'll talk about it, but we're just going to play some more of this type of music today that just sings about it. Gospel music sings a lot about heaven and the rapture. These are the pains. called Long Gone. When the headlines all declare Millions missing everywhere See, we're we're enjoying good gospel music this morning While we're learning a few things And I'm just kind of expressing some things It's on my heart Because I'm just looking around the world And I'm saying there are strange things going on. And many of the things we see and we hear talked about on the news and things are things that you think, well, you're just reading the Bible, just reading the things right out of the revelation itself. But I do believe that uh, the computer systems is the system's that antichrist will use and i don't think it's perfected yet i don't think that uh we're quite there just yet but the truth of the matter is is that it's just encroaching just constant just constant encroaching that everything has to do with the the internet and the, the ability to communicate in such such a way and, and you, and you look at this thing, you say, man, when the computers are not working, everything just shuts down. I mean, you go to your gas station, you want to buy gas, and the computer system is down, you're not going to buy gas. Same thing in the, in the grocery store. And the, I mean, they can't even sell you an item if the, if the systems are down. You've heard that. You've experienced that. The systems, all of our systems are down. Now you go to your bank, you can't get any money because, well, the systems are down. Well, that just tells you how that that we are we are in this system, uh, whether we like it or not. And uh, and like it, it says, it talks about in the Revelation that you won't be able to buy and sell unless you're a part of the system. Well, think about this for a moment. You know, we hear uh, uh, on a lot of the talk shows They say, "Well, you buy this uh, emergency kit and make sure that you're prepared." Well, that might that might buy you a little time. <laughs> but it's not going to keep you out of the system if you want to. If you want to live, now you see. Um, my thought is simply this: Don't put yourself in that situation to where you have to live under the system, because that's what the rapture of the church is all about. That God's going to take the church out before it gets really, really bad. Now I do believe this: that the screws are going to get tightened. Even before Christ calls his church home, it's going to get tighter as far as the squeeze that is going to be put on all of us to conform, conform. (laughs) Let me say that one more time, to conform. Now, just to tell you just how uh, much I've thought about this, I, I I just believe that this whole coronavirus thing was just a warm up, just to uh, cause us to conform. And if you're like I am, and and you you're starting to hear all of the different news now, and I keep in mind, and I've been very honest with you over the years, just doing this show and just talking about things. I, I'm not a news watcher. I don't I don't watch network news. Haven't for years. I have no idea what they're saying on ABC, CBS, or NBC. I'm I'm a, I'm a talk show guy. So I'm hearing things from that perspective, and I'm just being honest with you about it. But the thing is, is that you know that things are starting to happen now that's revealing that a lot of the things that we were just told that you had to do are wrong. It's wrong. And uh, one of them is this whole mask thing. And I, well, I tell you what. Oh, man, I fought that thing. I did. And uh, I just I didn't believe it. And I just did not believe that that little piece of cloth is going to protect you from this thing. I just never believed it. And I still don't believe it. And uh, I didn't conform much. Uh, there were certain places that, uh, like when I went out to the, to the veterans uh, uh, clinic out there, I had no choice had had to put the thing on and uh uh we went uh did a trip on the airplane had to do it had to do it but uh i I just resist it because I, I i see what's happening and uh when government just starts putting the clamps on you and say this is what you got to do this is what you got to do now when the the thing about the uh the shot come around well see I must, i'm 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 thinking in my mind that this is like smallpox or polio or all these other things. They came up with these, uh, uh, vaccines and, uh, we were able to eradicate the thing. And that's where my thinking was. And I probably going back, I probably wouldn't, I mean, you know, as they say, knowledge is power and hindsight is what it is. But, uh, now they're finding that, or uh, making these conclusions, and it, it hasn't been totally concluded, but you're, you're finding these young athletes and stuff are, are having these cardiac things happen that doesn't make sense, and they're relating it back to the vaccine. Well, you draw your own conclusions there, but the truth of the matter is, is that uh, government forced a lot of people to conform, and, like the military, uh, either you take this vaccine or you're going to be kicked out of the military. See, that's, that's, what we're, that's, that's all the things that we're seeing. And like I said, I believe all that's just a warm-up for what's about to come in the realm of Antichrist. Now, the, the, the beast. In the Revelation, there's a 13th chapter of the Revelation that talks about the beast. And it says that the beast was... Slain. He was assassinated. And this is uh, about midway through the tribulation period. And if you're not familiar with this, Scripture talks about seven years of tribulation. Some believe it takes place, uh, that the rapture of the church, when God takes the church out, is before the tribulation begins. There are some who believe that it's during the middle of the tribulation. There's some who believe it's at the end. And I've said this before. I believe it was at the beginning, which makes me a pre trib, a pre-trib person. I can maybe go along and understand why somebody would say maybe in the middle, but I do not I don't buy the end at all. No. I don't think the church is gonna go through this whole thing. And uh, what happens here in the Revelation is that it says it after three and a half years the the Antichrist is referred to as the beast is assassinated. Now, this is what my pastor, brother Gene Atkins, back in the 70s, used to talk about, that he believed that when the Antichrist is assassinated, that they were able to keep his brain alive through technology. Well, that was pretty radical back in the 70s, but it's starting to look a little bit more possibility in the day and age that we're living now because we're hearing all about this artificial intelligence, which scares the daylights out of me. They're, they're talking about that the artificial intelligence has been perfected to the point now to where if, uh, if um, this thing, this artificial intelligence were to take on my identity, and they were to call you and say, well, you are, or this is Jack King calling you. The, my voice of this technology, or the voice of this technology would be so real, sounding like my voice. You'd have a hard time determining that. Imagine how this is going to affect in the realm of crime and investigations and all these things. But the truth of the matter is, is it? The technology is improving constantly. I mean, more and more and more. The ability to do something like uh, the Brother Gene used to talk about that they did with the baboon back in the 70s, that sounds more like a reality. But here was his point. He said that after the assassination of the Antichrist and the ability to keep his brain alive through technology. Basically, you got a brain without a soul. There's, there's no soul. And then, then you begin to read the rest of Revelation, you begin to realize what is, is happening. And the cruelty to mankind in those next three and a half years is staggering. And Brother Jean's point was, he said, you take a beast that's just on a, on a machine without a soul, and what this thing could do, and wow, just, just, just read the book. <laughs> just, just read uh, from 13, chapter 13 of Revelation on, and just begin to, to weep, because uh, the cruelty to humanity is just unbelievable. Well, that's the devil. <laughs> that's just that's just the devil, and that's who he is. And uh, the devil is all about death and destruction and despair. And he hasn't changed from the beginning of time. He, I mean, from the beginning of the creation, and even be, be, before that. I mean, he just hasn't changed. That's, that's who he is. And the scripture says to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's him. That's him. He's all about destruction. And so a machine is hooked up to a human brain and the ability to just not, not have no, absolutely no concern about what it's doing. Totally, total depravity and total destruction. Well, this brings us to the flip side of this. And that has to do with if you allow yourself to just read the scripture and begin to understand that uh, this thing called the tribulation period it's going to be very very difficult. And as I said the uh, Antichrist system, which is a um, economic system, it's, it's computers are so much a part of it, and the ability to be able to live and to sustain life without being a part of the system, in other words, without taking the mark, can be very, very difficult. And so the admonition is, is to live your life now as a believer, Firmly convinced in your heart and your soul that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you've asked him into your heart and he is your Lord and your Savior, and you you walk in His teachings and the reality of who He is. And you see, that way you avoid this thing called the tribulation period. In other words, you you're taken out with the rest of the church. And that's my to me. That's that's what I say. Lord, God, if this takes place before I die the conventional way, Lord, I want to be a part of that number. (laughs) When the saints go marching in, I want to be a part of that number. And so the point is, is that how do you live that life? How do you live that life in such a way that when Christ calls the church home, that you are part of that. That's what we're going to talk about as we continue the broadcast, but right now I'm going to play yet another song. This is The Hoppers. Stepping on the clouds. Amen. I wanted you to hear both of those songs Because the one song was talking about Stepping in the clouds You'll see Jesus And then the message That uh, if you believe in Jesus Christ As your Lord and Savior And you'll be saved And you'll escape this thing Called the tribulation period In other words, you will be in heaven When all of that turmoil And and, uh, crazy stuff is going on here on earth You won't be here You'll be in heaven with him. So now, you say, Well, Pastor King, I've heard the message. It's kind of like what happened to me. I, I grew up in church uh, all of my life. I mean, well, I was about two when my mother started going to church, and she took me and my three brothers, and then later my dad started coming, and, and uh, so it's always been a part of my experience, but the church that I grew up in, they never talked about this at all. I never heard anything about it until I was 16 years old, and uh, our former pastor came back to do revival at our church one summer, and uh, every time I'd ever heard this this whole thing about the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church, and uh well, it really, I mean, you really got a hold of me. <laughs> and, uh, and that's really the, the, the night that I settled it in my mind as far as the call of God in my life. I knew that God was calling me to the ministry. I'd known that all of my life. <laughs> just just as a kid, I just knew. But this just confirmed it. And uh, so the thing is, is said, he said, well, if you're determined that you don't want to have to go through the tribulation period. How do I affirm it in my life that I am truly saved and living for Christ? And uh, I'm going to go to the rapture instead of uh, facing the tribulation. And, uh, and uh, over my years of preaching, teaching, and being in, in, in the pew— and going to Bible college, and I've heard different theories about this. What degree of your faith must you have? You know, I'm not talking about just going to heaven. I'm talking about missing the uh, tribulation, and I've heard things such as the first fruits rapture, in the words, God's only going to take the very, very, very committed in the rapture. Well, I like to take my thoughts in these type of things to the Scripture itself. And a teaching of Christ Jesus to his church or to his disciples, and that's you and I. And uh, he did it in a way of a parable, and he referred to it as the sower, S-O-W-E-R, the sower. In other words, the sower, he says, went forth to sow. And and later, this, the disciples they said, "You're going to have to help us with this. We're not we're not quite understanding everything you're saying." And so, this is, a, in other words, the the first time he went over this was to the multitudes. But then later, later the disciples said, "Jesus, help us to understand this." And so this this time, just teaching it to the disciples, and he said the. The seed that the sower went forth to sow is the Word. In other words, the Word is sowed. And so, here comes along somebody like me. I'm just a preacher. I'm a preacher of the gospel. And here on the radio broadcast uh, and on the podcast that people will hear, I'm just sowing the Word. I'm putting the Word out there. And I'm telling you what, uh, what the Bible talks about, about Scripture, about things to come, and I'm just giving you the word, I've given you this knowledge. but the question is is, it, what will happen to this when it comes to you? as Jesus talks about the word and he says, there are four different things that can happen to the Word as it's being sowed. He says, first of all, there's uh, the, the reality of the wayside. He refers to it as a wayside He says some of this seed, or the word will go to the wayside. He says, what's going to happen there is the the fowls of the air will devour it before it ever takes root to, to really speak to a heart. So there are some who will hear what I'm saying and they'll just say, ah, it's just a crazy old man on the radio. And they'll just totally reject it. And then he says, there's a, the word that goes to the stony ground. And he said the stony ground is described, this is as he, as he explained this to his disciples. He said it it has no death of earth. In other words, it doesn't go deep enough for it to fully have a full effect. And so when the sun comes up, then the seed will be scorched and it'll just wither away. And then he talks about the. Uh, seed that goes to the thorns, among the thorns. He said the thorns, it's just choked out, it's just choked out. And then the fourth time, it says the good ground. He said the seed that goes to the good ground, and when it goes to the good ground, it is received, properly processed, and it yields forth the fruit, which is faith, that brings a person to a place of believing than accepting what Jesus Christ did for them on the cross of Calvary when he bore your sins to the mercy seat of God. So as Jesus began to explain this to his disciples later, he talked about the word that went to the wayside. He says, they heard the word. Now listen to this. It's very important. They heard the word but Satan came and took it away. This, uh, the the fowls of the air that he talks about is Satan. He says that the devil comes and just steals the word away before it has any effect. But it said the stony ground, the stony ground, he says, they received it with gladness. But as life went on and it began to be more difficult to live out their faith than it says they were offended. In other words, it it just became too hard, too hard. Because what happens a lot of times is people think, well, I got saved, and now everything's gonna be hunky-dory for the rest of my life, but that's not true. There's gonna be tough times, and there's gonna be challenges to your faith. And that's by design, that is by design. The Lord designed it that way so that you would be able to develop greater faith as you live through those difficult times. And then, as Jesus explained it to his disciples, he said the thorns represent the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things to say it this way. The world has allure. As I've used the expression before, it's just a lot of shiny objects that takes control of the heart. And then, as he talks about the of riches, people look around and they go, oh, I want that, and I want that, and I want that, and they begin to lust after these things. And this is what Jesus is saying. He says, the lust for other things and the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world take the seed and causes the seed to wither away and it has no effect. So the prayer is that the seed would fall on good ground. And uh, that would be my hope and my prayer that as you would hear a message like I've given you today or you go to your church and you hear your pastor preaching that it would fall on good ground. And uh, sometimes that requires uh, lifestyle changes, causes us to put certain things away and uh, reject certain things that the world has to offer. And it certainly does require discipline, a discipline in our lives where we, we set aside things that deter us and distract us time of commitment to be in the Word, to be in a prayer, to commit ourselves to those things, that we can grow in our most holy faith, so that your life would be in such a way that when uh, Jesus calls, Jesus calls, you say, Lord, here I go. (laughs) This is a tribute quartet. Beating in the middle of the air. Hallelujah. Well, I first met Jesus down on my knees at an altar where I got saved. Whether I'm alive and breathing or if there's a great for leaving, there will never be a meeting like a meeting in the middle of the air. There you go. <laughs> they got it. <laughs> There'll never be a meeting like the meeting in the middle of the air. That's exciting. It really is. You know, see, that's the thing about it, is it um, gospel music, they've been singing about the rapture of the church for a long, long, long time. And not only that, I've been just thinking about heaven and the reality of heaven, which means that... Uh, well, we talk about resurrection power, and there is power. There's power to overcome the realities of life, in other words, to defy gravity and everything else because of the power of God that would call his church home. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I want to be a part of that number. And, and see, this is something that's important to me. And uh, I, I have determined my own life and my own heart and mind that I want to be uh, in God's kingdom and working for his kingdom, not only here on earth, but in heaven. And that's what the prayer that we pray, We the prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. It's really the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, but he talks about uh, things here on earth and in heaven. We pray for both. We pray for things here on earth and for things in heaven because when we get to heaven, activity doesn't stop. See, that's the thing that people don't understand. They think heaven is just a just a place where life stops, but it doesn't. Life continues, and it, and heaven is an exciting place to be a part of. <laughs> it's a whole different world, and. The fact that Jesus, Scripture tells us, is going to establish his eternal kingdom. When you read those last few uh, pages of the Revelation, you know we talk about this a lot of times. We say, oh, I want to go to heaven and walk on the streets of go. That's not yet. See, that's the new heaven and the new earth that Jesus is going to establish. You see, we don't really know what heaven looks like right now, but... When it's all said and done and the the beast is destroyed and the devil is taken care of, the thousand years, it talks about the thousand years of the the millennial reign, that's all going to happen until Jesus finally just uh, puts down Satan once for all. Because the scripture says that after the millennial reign that he will be released temporarily and then he'll be defeated. And Jesus would usher in His kingdom, and I'm gonna play you one last song before we go because I just like the song, and it just kind of goes along, and I, I kind of got cheers up here this morning. Says, "Sit down the chariots, <laughs> woo! Sit down the chariots, the Bible so That's right. <laughs> Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we just give you glory and praise today. And, Father, I just pray over our churches today, Lord God, just let there be just a great, great time that we gather together, Father. I just pray, Lord, for all of our pastors and our churches, and, Father, for each and every one, Lord, just a prayer protection upon them, Father, that each and every one will have made that decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We pray for peace in this world. We pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem, the nation of Israel. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.